The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. So thank you for that. So now um, Xin Quan and Jim are going to talk about loving kindness or goodwill. uncomfortable with my glasses. Can everybody hear me? Okay, great. Okay, so um, thank you for the questions, actually. Um, They're helpful for us to see what the mind's doing during this process. (laughs) So um, along with the mindfulness uh, teachings that we've been giving or reviewing over the last few weeks, each week we're trying to introduce another part of practice. So the first week was the Four Noble Truths. The second week was the Eightfold Path. The third week was one path factor of the Eightfold Path. And this week we thought it might be beneficial or useful to you to, uh, to be um, introduced to what we call metta, um, M-E-T-T-A, and it's uh, translated as loving kindness or friendliness or goodwill. So it's not necessarily a mindfulness practice, but um, I guess practicing and teaching, um, I found it very useful to have some understanding of uh, the benefits of um, understanding how it can be useful in our practice. One of the reasons that is is because when we practice mindfulness, especially here in the West, I've noticed well, we can really heighten our awareness of things that are going on, heighten our awareness of mental states, the, the types of thoughts we have, of what's going on in our bodies, what's going on in our hearts. And as we become more and more aware, a lot of the things we see are a little shocking <laughs> or not quite what we expected to be there. And... Um, Along with that sometimes comes a lot of judgment, a lot of criticism, um, um, and maybe some feelings of grief or loss or blame or, or something. There's usually something that comes with that. So um, to pair with that, um, that's not the point of the practice, and yet that happens. Even though we say try not to be critical, try not to be judgmental as we practice, All I saw in the beginning of my practice was a lot of criticism, a lot of judgment, a lot of opinions, and they weren't going to go away anytime soon. So um, how to work with that? So sometimes um, pairing with this mindfulness practice, um, some people have found it useful to add with it this kind of loving-kindness practice, is how do we um, deliberately or intentionally move, move towards Uh, some level of goodwill, some level of kindness, some level of compassion or joy um, towards ourselves um, and others. So metta is one of what we call the Brahma-viharas, and that translates into the sublime abodes. 
So a lot of these words might sound strange. <laughs> they sounded strange to me. I don't think I've ever heard the word sublime, abodes, before. But um, after practicing, they're very appropriate. It's quite sublime to, to have a heart that's full of kindness uh, and compassion, um, equanimity. Uh, and um, it's, it maybe takes some work to move towards that and away from the more harsh types of speech or harmful types of thinking or harmful types of feelings that come up. Um, so when we practice this, we offer it as a suggestion, not as a self-help kind of thing or something to gloss over difficulties or gloss over, but to also know where in this process can we add some level of kindness to whatever's happening. So not that we'll be super loving, kind, kindly saints to everybody and ourselves, but as we experience some of the more difficult things, I found some more challenging things, some deep, deeper pains or uh, uh, deeper kinds of suffering, where in that can um, we offer some level of kindness, acceptance, um, willingness to work with and work through something rather than push it away or feel like it shouldn't be there or that uh, we should have some skill, some magic skill, uh, so that um, we understand it, you know. So uh, the Brahma Viharas include metta, which I mentioned, loving kindness, friendliness, goodwill. Uh, they also mention um, karuna, which translates into compassion. It's, there's mudita, which translates into um, sympathetic joy. And equanimity, which is Upeka. <laughs> so you don't have to worry about the Pali word. Sometimes it's just practice for us to see if we remember them. Um, they're actually quite interesting teachings. If, you, if anyone's interested, it, this is just an introduction. There have been whole books written on this, lots of Dharma talks, lots of guided meditations that go into a lot more detail. And we don't have a lot of time tonight. But I just thought it's nice to introduce it, to know that if you're hitting a point in your practice where it's really difficult to see all that you're seeing uh, and um, the awareness is getting so strong that you're noticing uh, a lot more things that are very difficult to hold, then to balance that out with a metta practice can be quite useful. So... um, I think that's all I wanted to say. Um, yeah, so Jim's going to also share what he has to share about metta. Everybody has their own experience of metta. And then um, we'll do an exercise uh, around it and then do a little guided meditation. Thank you, Shin Kwan. Sometimes this practice is called untangling the tangle. So, um, 
Well, I liked what you said, Shin Kwan, about loving kindness. Uh, I'll, I'll put it, maybe tie it into some of the things we talked about in the last few weeks. Um, when we talked about the Eightfold Path, um, week two, um, in terms of right in, cultivating right intention, you know, the intentions of uh, renunciation, but also goodwill and harmlessness. So those are um, part of the Eightfold Path that metta is really, um, I, I think, is very useful in helping us um, with that part of the path, with the, with the right intention. There's another part of the path called right effort that involves both um, the weakening of the arising of unskillful mind states and the other part of right effort is the bringing into being wholesome mind states. So states of um, loving kindness, goodwill, compassion, um, sympathetic joy, and also equanimity, you know, kind of a, an evenness. So, yeah. So the way... Um, and, and there's a way in which when you just do mindfulness, you might find that over time some of, some of this sense of goodwill will arise naturally. So um, it's not like mindfulness wouldn't work with, without doing some formal practice. But it is also possible to actively cultivate goodwill and loving kindness. And the way it's often taught in the West is by doing a particular kind of meditation that's somewhat different than mindfulness, that you actually, it's um, kind of a more active practice and one where rather than just waiting to see what arises and then paying attention to that, you actually intend, you actually bring particular people or groups of people into your imagination and then see if it's possible to offer goodwill to that person or those people. Um, uh, I had a teacher, um, Shyla Catherine, who had spent three months in England just doing nothing for three months but practicing the cultivation of loving kindness and its three other uh, Brahma Viharas and the metta can uh, it can produce doing that kind of meditation which is different it's more of a concentration type meditation where you're you just keep your attention on uh, one person and 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 see whether you can intend for their um, well-being it does several things. One is it can help concentrate the mind. So if your mind is kind of going all over the place, sometimes doing metta can help um, settle the mind and, and bring it um, into a more uh, focused state. Uh, another thing that it can do is as you're doing this practice and intending goodwill for others, what you might find is that instead of goodwill arising, you see all of the reasons 
why that person doesn't deserve to be, you know, offered goodwill or safety, happiness. It's like, not to that person. So you get to see what, stand, what, what is it that stands in the way of you offering goodwill to yourself, to people that you are fond of, like your benefactors, um, to um, friends, to neutral people, and also to difficult people. So it, it's in a way when you, when you try when you try to offer goodwill to others, you, one of the things that happens is you see what stands in the way of doing that. And then finally, um, as you do the practice over time, I, I know I've, I've found that there can be a, a greater sense of um, peace and particularly compassion for myself that can arise from that. So... There's a couple of books that have been written. One of them is called Loving Kindness by Sharon Salzberg. And, um, you know, you can find it on Amazon or many other places. And it goes through and systematically talks about how to do this uh, metta practice. Usually in the West, you come up with a series of phrases about a wishing... Um, Expressing a desire for somebody feeling safe, you know, just just as I want to be safe, everyone else has a, a deep-seated intention to want to feel safe, uh, an intention to feel happy. You know, the the desire for happiness is universal. We may not all be skilled in knowing how one attains happiness, but that basic desire is there. Um, you know, a desire for a sense of uh, physical well-being, health, um, uh, fitness, you know, a body that can support us in this life. And then also, um, one of the phrases is also involved with wishing somebody having a sense of peace or contentment. You know, that that sense of um, of uh, being satisfied with what one has. So those, so there's the phrases that one can develop, and then one can offer those to oneself, which generally is pretty easy. Now, there there may actually be some obstacles in wanting to wish well for yourself. Um, sometimes, rather than starting with yourself, you might start with a benefactor somebody who has been very um, generous and supportive to you in your life. You know, it could be a teacher or a grandparent or, um, you know, somebody, somebody that you've always felt like they've had your best interest in mind and so it's easy for you to wish that they also um, have a happy life. And then you can move to friends. You know, friends generally are pretty easy to wish well for. But usually in friendship, there's always been, you know, there's always a few points where you kind of rub against each other. So, you know, there, there may be a few, you know, um, sticking points there. Um, then neutral people, people that 
you know, maybe you see at a store, a clerk or something that you see, but you really don't know much about, you know. So practicing, can you wish well for somebody that you don't really have much, you know, um, contact with? And then the fi- you know, and then the next category is, can you wish well for people that um, are difficult for you? You know, can can you see that? Can you wish well for them, even though there might be something that's irritating or bothering you about them? So, so there's the phrases and then the whole category of, of people that you can do this practice for. Yeah. So I think that's, I think um, that's as far as I'm going to go with that practice. Um, talking about it as I as I said if you're interested you can read more in this book Loving Kindness which is quite systematic about developing phrases and doing it there's another book that Sharon Salzberg also wrote called The Kindness Handbook and um, you know I just discovered this she was here a couple of years ago and she was doing a reading of this book and I bought a copy and then it got buried under a bunch of other books in my bedroom so I just discovered this today but it's quite a, a, a beautiful book. It's a lot of very short uh, anecdotes and stories. And you can kind of pick it up and turn to just about any page and read one of these stories. And it kind of gives you some sense of how uh, loving kindness and goodwill for others c- can actually make your life much happier. So um, that's, yeah. So that's as much as I have to say about that. Um, So for some people, uh, metta or loving-kindness practices aren't going to be that important or they're they're not going to have much appeal, and that's fine. Um, For me, I had a lot of aversion to the practices, and any time anybody talked about it... um, and I just didn't think it was that important. But um, I think as I practiced, I realized it was because there was, it was very hard to access. Um, so um, if it's not important to you, that's fine. It's just we felt that it might be good to offer it for those who might want to explore and see. We always say, give it a shot. So we're not expecting anything to happen, but we are um, kind of opening our minds and our experiences to, uh, well, let's see what happens if we introduce this into our practice. So we're going to break up into small groups, um, groups of four, groups of four. So if you can find a group of four, and then we'll pose a question to work with Meta. And if you can find groups of four. I think they need one here. That's perfect. Great. 
questions are here. More is there questions? Oh. No. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, okay. <laughs> Okay, so we'll have about, let's see, seven minutes or eight minutes. So please give everybody a chance to speak. And if you can, um, you know, pause a little bit before you answer the question and um, go around the group as many times as seven minutes allows, but please allow everyone to say something. So the question is, in what ways has metta, friendliness, goodwill, loving kindness, nourished you in your life? So wrapping up, thank you. I don't need to ring the bell anymore. Um, so the next question is, um, how can you take metta out in the world so that it can support you in the world or others in the world. Um, and it can be sometimes as simple as, you know, letting the car in <laughs> or, you know, smiling at the clerk at the grocery. It doesn't have to be this huge thing, but it's just ways that are um, doable for you, you know. Um, so also same thing, go around, um, maybe pause before you speak and then allow everybody time to say something. Okay, go ahead. So great wrapping up, thank you. So this exercise was kind of designed to see what happens when we just kind of make this slight movement of the mind towards uh, loving kindness practices, what it looks like in our lives, what it might look like out in the world. So what was that like? If anybody wants to share briefly. <laughs> Yes, by listening to what my pals in the group said, sort of made me. Can you hold aware. it right here so I can oh, hear? Uh, no, it's better. So by listening to what my my group said, I I was able to realize uh, how many acts of kindness uh, and metta is around me during the day that I normally don't even realize exist. You know? It's uh, it's being aware of them. So Great, thank you. Well, I feel it's quite remarkable. You throw a bunch of people in a room and have them talk about something like this. <laughs> and um, something quite remarkable happens. You're not at each other's throats, right? Um, um, so it's a slight shift towards sometimes just paying attention to things that are already there. We tend to notice a lot of negative things. We tend to notice all the things that are wrong, all the things that could be better, and all the things. So it's just sometimes making that shift helps us to realize there's always quite a lot of it in our lives and around us. So 
That's one of the reasons we do this practice, is to just uh, know that we can make that deliberate shift. And we can maybe just add in some moments of the day where we take notice of things like this or have conversations um, with people. Um, We can also um, deliberately see if we can um, uncover some places of friendliness, goodwill, either towards ourselves or others. A lot of people sometimes take a couple of minutes before they, as they sit before they do their mindfulness practice, just to see if there can be some softening around the heart area. And it sometimes makes the sit a lot easier. It's easier to be mindful when you're in this uh, a state where there's some ease and kindness. Mindfulness becomes a little bit more sharper, becomes easier to stay there. So that's one way it can look um, in terms of applying it to your meditation practice. So I'm curious, what about ways to bring it out in the world? Was What, what was shared? Does anybody want to share something? Yes. So I don't want to hold the mic because I can just tell you and you can say it again for the recording. Okay. But I just realized that this, um, um, it somehow makes life not need to be a competition if I don't not try to push other people down to get ahead. Oh. So great. He said it makes life not have to be a competition in order to get ahead. So, yes. It came up several times in our group, the idea of paying it forward and just that um, when when you see generosity, um, it makes other people feel generous. And when someone's generous towards you, it makes you feel more generous. And this idea that, you know, maybe generosity is, is a cultural norm that could spread if you know, people felt generous. Wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> well, thank you. Any, yes, right here. Can we pass the mic down here? I just think it's so beautiful how this practice connects people, and, like, I even feel more connected to myself. And you cannot know anyone you're talking to, but when you bring up these topics, you just bring up emotions and stories and just this connection that we all feel and I just think it's so beautiful and it's interest. I don't know I just think it's interesting how I feel like this practice specifically taps into that great thank you that's good to hear yes <laughs> the I'm sorry what is it Carolyn has a, I thought, amazing uh, example of a way that can be a little way to remind herself to bring this practice into her life, which is anytime she sees someone wearing polka dots, <laughs> she makes, she has an intention of complimenting them on wearing the polka dots. And yes. Well, thank you. I feel lucky. <laughs> and to me, I... I I was like, I need to find my version of polka dots because you see, if, when you see that in the world, it's a great reminder when you might to practice that, and it's an authentic, real thing for her. She loves polka dots, uh, and she shares that, and I'm sure brightens a lot of people's day as a result. And it doesn't need to be 
a save the world kind of thing, as we were also talking, it could just be a small accessible thing. And uh, I thought it was then a great question to say, what's a little accessible version of your own polka dots that you could, you could have, so. Thank you, that's wonderful, that's great. Anyone else? Uh, well, okay, so we're almost at the end. Um, um, I thought it would be nice to uh, offer a little way that you might be able to bring it into your formal sitting. So for the closing, I'm gonna give a two minute version <laughs> of a, what the Metta practice um, could, you know, if you like it, great, use it. If it doesn't work for you, leave it behind. And so we'll end with that. So find a comfortable seat. And if you do uh, find that you like a metta practice, it's really important to be comfortable for the metta practice. You really don't want to be straining or challenging yourself with your posture during a metta practice. So just settling. And as always, bringing the mind to the body. Seeing if, if you take a few deep breaths, Seeing if we can settle the mind. Allowing the breath to find its natural rhythm. seeing if you just check into the heart area. Just bring some attention there. Seeing if they can relax any tension, if there's any tension there. And then seeing what happens if we just drop in the intention for wishing ourselves well. Wishing ourselves some ease and peace. And nothing has to happen. If you feel something, just settle into the sensations of whatever is coming up. Seeing if we can generate an attitude of, of friendliness and kindness.
to whatever is happening. And seeing if we can offer it out to the room, to everybody in the room. So there's a lot of gratitude for everybody's participation and willingness to participate in this. And also, I wanted to put it out there, if, if nothing is coming up or the opposite of metta is coming up, uh, that that's quite common. Um, and it's, it's not meant to stir up all these big heart openings. <laughs> if that happens, great. But if it also doesn't happen, not to worry. What we're doing is just putting the intention and seeing what, and then you can let it go. And if this practice isn't interesting for you, it doesn't work for you, also let it go. There might be a time when it is more interesting for you. So we're here for a few minutes. If anyone else has questions, um, they can come up. Otherwise, thank you so much. All right, Diana has a few things to add. Thank you. Um, for those of you who are interested, I think I mentioned this last week, that there will be an um, introduction to meditation class, five weeks, that starts January 8th. It'll be Wednesday night. Then after that concludes, there'll be another one of these, Beginner's Practice Group. We'll do another four weeks of that. So it'll be us for the beginning, for the introduction to mindfulness too so we're we don't have anything here for a few weeks and then in the new year we'll start up again and there's some um, resources up here if you're a type of person that's interested in books and learning more or something like this no obligation of course but here is a, um, a handout that will that is used for the introduction to mindfulness about mindfulness of thinking if you'd like to learn a little bit more or something about it there's a handout also some bookmarks up here that um, we just got printed up that with the Eightfold Path on. We um, taught about this on the second week. So if you're interested in that, you're welcome to that. 
as well as um, some books here. We have plenty of books here. I just brought up a handful. Gail Fronstall, who is the main teacher here, is the, um, this is a collection of a lot of his drama talks that have been turned into articles. And there's some there on metta, as well as mindfulness of thinking, as well as how to bring this into daily life. So these are some resources if you're interested. And I also want to express my gratitude and appreciation for all of you. This has been a delight for me to be up here and to share the practice and with my co-teachers here. And Jim, do you want to say any parting words? Well, I want to thank you all for coming over one or more the last four weeks. Um, you know, it's called a beginner's practice. But in a certain way, we're all beginners. We're always beginning again, coming back. So um, I still consider myself a beginner. So I wanted to thank you all for um, doing this practice and encourage you to, you know, keep doing the practice, keep investigating, keep looking at what's going on. Thank you.